to Brewing It Over with Cup North, the show that gives you the chance to deep dive into the topics shared in the content programme at our events. From social to consumer to sustainability issues, there's something for everyone. I'm Hannah Davis. And I'm Grace Talbot. And today we're joined by Pauline Johnstone from, South, from Station South, who delivered a talk titled Brews and Bikes with Nick Harris from Bespoke Coffee at last year's Manchester Coffee Festival. Pauline is a nationally recognised multi-award winning advocate of active travel. She runs Civic and Social, an independent activation consultancy. She's behind Greater Manchester's first ever active neighbourhood and is the founder director of Station South, a once dilapidated railway station turned award winning cycle cafe and active travel hub. She's currently infiltrating local authorities, developers and big project leaders brain space in the north of England so they can consider their existing and future spaces in the context of child embracing and active places for people to get about freely and have fun doing it. Yes, we like this infiltrating of developers. (laughs) Sounds good. Before we welcome Pauline to the podcast, don't forget, if you want to listen to her talk from Mm -hmm. Manchester Coffee Festival, hang on until the end of the podcast to hear the full recording. And talking of Manchester Coffee Festival, we couldn't deliver any of our projects without the incredible support of our partners. Here's an advert from our 2023 sponsor, Brewer Group. Brewer Group work with UK coffee distributors to provide equipment to the UK coffee market and beyond. Their mission is simple, to increase drink quality for your customers, to improve barista workflow, to reduce the whole life costs for your business, to lower energy costs and support green technology for the planet and to help you make wise equipment investments for your business. They work with many of the finest brands in our sector, including Malconig, Amphim, Tone Brewers, Puck Press, La Spaziale and more. For more information on how you can connect with the Brewit Group team, head to brewitgroup.com. Welcome, Pauline. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Hello. 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 I'm doing all right. Thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm feeling um, relaxed today, chilled and quite excited to be Ooh. on. I think it's my first ever podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, we are very lucky to have you. Oh. <laughs> Amazing. That's a nice collection Just of feelings as well. Chilled, relaxed and excited. Yeah, it's like a... a a nice mix yeah I don't feel too caffeinated yet so that's good yeah yet being the operative word we like this this is a person who knows themselves and their caffeine addiction yeah definitely yeah yeah um, I was just yeah I was just kind of (laughs) musing over the fact that I I haven't had a proper proper coffee today Mm -hmm. like and I guess it's just the definition of what coffee is as well like what a proper coffee is like I'm, I'm kind of longing to go for a walk and go to the local money, this good coffee place, which is Cobean um, and Heat and Moor. So mm. they've they've opened up a little place and it's just amazing. Um, and he roasts his own coffee and stuff. So, yeah, kind of longing for that right. expensive treat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this actually leads very nicely into my plan of action. To put you at ease, I have some questions to ask. They're very easy, don't worry. But are you ready? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah, fire away. Okie dokie. <clears throat> Number one, related to what you were just talking about, what is your coffee order? I'm so boring. It's a flat white every time. Uh, it really is. It's <laughs> yeah. not boring. I mean, I, yeah, it's a flat white. And then, like, you know, I've, I've um, on occasion, when I've just wanted a bit less milk, a cortado, like, 
with sometimes nice. that kind of sometimes you, you kind of get cortado question mark and then you know you're in the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> so some kind of little milky delight for you we will get our fabulous barista hannah on the job of putting that together for you now whilst we wait mm. we're in our dream cafe so what music is playing in this dream cafe pauline what are we listening to oh, oh yeah okay i'm strolling in and they have uh a playlist of smooth R&B from the 90s probably oh. Oh. a bit a bit, a bit of D'Angelo so it's kind of like a bit Neil Soul as well so yeah brown, brown sugar would be on um, and then maybe maybe a couple of treats so Prince as well a bit, bit of Prince that's That'd a strong nice. selection yeah. I'm really experiencing this with you as well I feel like I too am strolling in with you like you have set that scene I love it Oh, yeah, I want to be there. Okay. Mm-hmm. So very, very last question. And I think this is probably one of the hardest ones to answer, to be honest. What is your most memorable coffee shop experience? Or one of, if you can't pick the definitive one, because that's difficult. Oh, I've got so many. Um, but I guess I should probably give a <laughs> shout out to, uh, it's more of a, a feeling <laughs> that's than than a, a memory. It's it's kind of a consistency thing where like I feel mm. I've felt really safe in like like a safe space in um Levensham and Troll when it first opened up and kind of changed the high street and offered something that just didn't exist there before as as one of the early residents of of that when it opened up um going in and just like experiencing proper coffee in Levensham and just having some like alternative music on and having some nice sourdough bread it it was everything I needed at that point and I just you know habitually go back whenever I needed a, a moment yeah I love that. We've had we've asked a few people this question and I feel like one of the really common themes that we're seeing is it's very rarely about like a specific coffee. Like some people absolutely mm-hmm. are like, oh, this washed Ethiopian I had blew my mind. But there's this overriding theme of like the people and the feeling and the safety and community. That's the thing that obviously resonates with us so massively uh, as lovers of this industry. So that's just lovely to hear. What a great answer. Oh, yeah. yeah, And it's true as well. Like I think a, they're a kind of game changers. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. They set the tone as well, didn't they? Like kind of finding, finding good coffee. I think they used to use passion fruit roasters years ago and then moved to all, all press as well but that kind of piqued my interest in just you know but in 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 actual like in actually where people get their coffee from and why and you know Um, how it kind of works amazing well we love trove they've exhibited at our festivals a couple of times so yeah they're friends of the Mm -hmm. family um (laughs) yeah so we've you've uh You've nailed the quick fire questions. <laughs> well done. <laughs> three out of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now we're going to get stuck Thank into you. some of um, the questions related to the talk that you delivered with Nick 
from last year's Manchester Coffee Festival. Uh, I am personally very excited for this one. As I said, um, I'm a cyclist and also a big lover of coffee. So um, anything that involves talking about both of those things uh, makes me happy. Um, and you talk a little bit about in the talk about kind of the origins of coffee and cycling and how that like linked back to um, was Eddie Merckx and the Faima sponsorship. Um, and yeah. I think that that is like, obviously like a big part of the connection with coffee and um kind of professional cycling but i think that like uh, and you sort of touch upon this in the talk as well a lot of what's really important to cyclists is that kind of sense of community and kind of having somewhere to go and also like having something like caffeinated <laughs> because it, it like gets you going yeah. on your bike obviously yeah. <laughs> so i think there's like lots of different aspects to the kind of the link between cycling and coffee and um we yeah. can talk more about all of those today but just thought maybe we'd give you a bit of an opportunity to kind of um tell us like what you're up to these days and how how it's going at station south yeah absolutely um so uh i am i am now no longer um on the day-to-day of station south i left in uh november and to pursue um a consultancy uh, business that i've set up which is a uh, focusing on creating people creating spaces for people um in different communities and trying to align things like active travel with hubs and with uh, with develop big developer projects and big local authority framework schemes just trying to basically instill and install that idea that if you have people involved in the process at the very start you can build a, a better community and a, a better living uh, experience for people so that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing now and uh, um, navigating all the different meetings and all the different stakeholders and people that are in that space in Greater Manchester so it's, it's a bit of a minefield and I have kind of used my kind of learning of developing and building and hustling uh, to make Station South happen uh, to to kind of jump onto another new project which is exciting and terrifying <laughs> and very much kind of me at the moment so like you know so it's me and and anyone else who will listen um so you know again it's just like start starting from the ground up which i guess station south was a test case in that you know how can you go from seeing something that and knowing that it would work and having that vision or having the ability to help other people create a vision and then kind of work really hard for five six years to build that with the community and and then actually open up launch and then sustain a business and do the day-to-day operations of that so station south is one of my project babies and i check in on it love it and see it progressing now with the team that's in place and you know they've still got that same passion for developing innovation developing their offer food and drink offer and developing the community around them as well so you've kind of branched out into developing the 
green space to become a hub for growing and food creation and learning about biodiversity. <laughs> I think they're doing mushroom workshop mushroom workshops now and all sorts of things. So it's you know, it's it's something that it's the people are going to make it evolve and sustain it as well because they're our customers and those that maybe can't afford to go in there every day and buy a three pound coffee can also come and enjoy that outdoor space and use the facilities, which is very much the intentions and why it was fun why it was funded in part as well. So that the model was, you know, this is a business, but it's also a community interest company with a social mission. Uh and, and I think when you go there you can you can feel that it is more than just a cafe. It's a cycle cafe and this mantra is it's a cycle cafe for everyone. Um and more and more you can see that being the case because it's really exciting to see the projects that are coming out of it, the new people that are taking up cycling, the kids, oh my gosh. Like like for me it's an absolute dream to have many, many years ago seen kind of been involved in a co design with the community and saying, should we have you know, what could we have there that helps children learn to ride or have a safe space in Levensham that isn't in a park that closes at night and you can't access. And now we've got this like cycle maze, which is also now a scooter maze and a running maze and a you know, jump about doing things. It's it's beautiful because it really is in terms of the actual impact of that part of the outdoor space, uh, I think it costs like five grand to install, which is not a lot of money in the grand scheme of the scheme, but it's just mind-blowingly well used. So that just that just inspires me, seeing that little thing and seeing how the adults interact and allow their kids just to go off and do their own thing whilst they're enjoying a drink in the space it, it it just sings to me and it makes me think oh my gosh yeah this could happen everywhere there was a bit of a bit of land a bit a bit of free space you could have little pocket parks that have activation for children to to practice you know it doesn't need to be a big massive space it could be somewhere connected to good food and good drink Kind of like a Chuck E. Cheese for hipsters or something. Oh, was it Chuck E. Cheese? Like a <laughs> wacky warehouse. That's <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. It's a wacky warehouse. <laughs> Iconic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds amazing what, what you're it? describing. I feel like I've just listened to like a description of utopia. Like what a wonderful thing to have been part of and have such a passion for. Why do you think coffee in particular works for this? Like as a conduit to achieve these other things? Because obviously we're coffee people. I mean, Hannah's both. Hannah's a cyclist and a coffee lover. I am uh, aggressively yeah. not road safe on my bike, but I can see how <laughs> coffee works for this. And I think you can talk a bit about that. Like why does coffee work for creating these community spaces? I think there's, there is a universal appeal to a hot brew. Um, you know, in every culture um, across the world, you'll find some form of hot drink that people enjoy. And the the exploration and development of our own kind of drinks uh, in, in this space have, you know, you know, we've had like, people from different 
parts of the world ask for different types of coffee to be made, which kind of then, you know, sets a challenge for our baristas um, because it's such a diverse area as well. You know, like you can learn from coffee. You can learn about other people's cultures yeah. from it and you can it sparks up conversation between people as well. You know, it's a simple act, isn't it, of saying what would you like to drink? and finding out what people yeah. enjoy to drink it's that's the human connection of it that's so beautiful and then the beauty of it as well is that it's it's come and have a coffee first and it's kind of cycling through the back door like you know we're not aggressively pushing you know the idea of like you must come to our cafe dressed in lycra and you must wear <laughs> a, a little cap and like you know that must be how you come in and enjoy our space it's absolutely not that but you're totally welcome to do that if you want as well that was always our philosophy um it's kind of how can we make how can we make the coffee the core and the cycling the everyday thing that people can do to get there do to for leisure and um, do for sport you know uh and get their get and get advice and get education as well like if they haven't ever even thought about it before so it's kind of a wrapper coffee is the wraparound for that and also when we've when we've done funding applications <laughs> like as a business always seen coffee as a wraparound to our wider program and when we were looking at funding we would specifically includes uh, an allocation of a support requested to provide good quality coffees to our uh, our community and local people who are coming in to the space potentially for the first time um you know we wanted to say come and have a coffee that you want like come and have you know a cappuccino a flat white an americano one of our nice filters you know, and it's not just a case of like coming out of an instant and, you know, or, a, you know, a, a cheap tea bag, you know, which is so often the case when community based initiatives and funded programs happen. Yeah. We had, we have, we are setting the tone so that everyone deserves good coffee, even if they're not paying for it because it's been paid for through a program and supported by one of our. Um, you know partners TFGM you know so they got on board with that and that's really cool and that that's you know that's that's gives me a, a real feeling of pride and that we are, are able to offer that and also promote that to the funders as a as an idea because I think when you're thinking about setting up community hubs or setting up spaces that people actually want to come to and, and then and yeah. learn new skills and connect with with the community you know it's it's also like an incentive and a draw you know if you can get a nice bit of cake and a bit of coffee as part of that learning or that experience yeah. you're going to want to come back and you know come back again and be with people that you might not have been been hanging out with or you know it's just it's just an absolute win-win uh, for pro for programming yeah. for uh, future customers as well um you know and for for the funders and for us but yeah what you're saying kind of speaks to um a general kind of increase in the expectations from consumers probably not just in like community spaces but 
like across all coffee shops now. I think people do have like much higher yeah. expectations mm-hmm. because people are just much better educated about what good coffee is. And um, yeah, it's definitely a way to keep people coming back to what you're doing. It sounds like Station mm-hmm. South has got a really clever and innovative and amazing and inspiring model for working. We have noticed recently that a couple of um, South Manchester cycling cafes have closed down, service course, and and really sadly, Look Mum No Hands in London recently closed down. Mm. Do you have any kind of um, feelings or ideas about what, what's going on with these cafes, why they're not working? I mean, Look Mum No Hands is a shocker. Um, for, for me, yeah. I, I went down and visited that when this project was in development, and it was one of the inspirations um you know it was very high profile as well it was even on some early day cards you know bipper thing uh advert i remember you know and i'm thinking wow they're they're they've gone big you know but they, they i guess they hadn't gone big it's just they their marketing was brilliant and they were doing everything that we wanted to do uh iconic inspired station south confused but not really surprised given the current state of play with regards to rents going up and ex- mm. you know how expensive it is to run a cafe you know i'm sure you've probably heard through many many establishments how hard it is to keep the lights on um uh, i don't know what their pressures were there but i think for the service course they 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 did a statement didn't they same pretty much the same thing that just due to rising costs they couldn't keep it up and i guess when you're doing you've got two businesses on on the go together you're kind of juggling two Mm -hmm. sets of pressures and with the side with the cycling side of things they had such a good setup and and such a clientele as well that were kind of they were reaching for your 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 kind of leisure cyclists that are you're going to go out on a day and do a 40 mile and then come back and have have some food and i know that a few big cycle manufacturers um the um in the industry had full had also folded and got into administration so like the the suppliers basically of all, of all the parts and that kind of thing which impacted on people's um ability to like service bikes and nervous times for the cycling industry post pandemic i think it just all went a bit we at station south reduced the hours of bike uh, bike station as well at the uh, end of last year for for those same reasons that is winter time you naturally get less people wanting to service their bikes or think about that so you just have to revise the model all the time and it's the kind of evolving thing and you know station Mm -hmm. south hasn't been without its financial challenges um it has had to evolve the menu evolve the offer and find new ways to earn money as well create get creative um with event programming and still trying to be accessible so it's it's a constant juggle and I'm, i'm obviously not there anymore but you know, I know that they are always kind of reviewing the business model, like to make sure that they can stay open. And times are hard for people, especially in places like Levensham, you know, where it's 
it's you know other businesses nearby have shut down that's another thing you know you kind of like the nervousness of the high street when people are just going sorry can't take it anymore like a great cafe mm-hmm. two doors down auntie g's which was just wicked but different you know um they've just closed and um so yeah i i, I think that i don't know if it's just psycho cafes or if I I think it it might just be cafes with too much, you know, with 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 lots of little businesses, micro businesses going on with the core business, just hard to sustain. And I think you know one of the good things about Station South is that it is a community interest company, so it has got a not for profit ethos. So the money that's going in is going back in. Uh, to whatever it needs to 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 progress it so and then you can always seek funding to do things that prop up the business as well you know prop up the business and the social output and and hope that people still keep coming through the door because it's all about people coming through that door every day and spending money <laughs> that's business <laughs> the community element of the business though as well i imagine that feels quite different than just just getting people through the door just to buy things obviously you're a business that needs to be kept afloat but from the community's perspective how has it been received locally having a space like station south yeah i mean it, the when we launched and prior to that launch so we had like five and a half years where we're just selling this vision and trying to keep people's momentum up when the pandemic happened and, and we were like the the building work was stalling and we were like we'll we'll be open in two years <laughs> um, you know so like but but thanks for the crowdfunding <laughs> um you know so there was a real um story to tell and maintain and you know thank goodness that the people that did invest like one thousand over one thousand people were kind of just on board for that journey uh, and ready to go when we finally got opened and then we kind of did a second push on the marketing uh, you know so there was a whole month worth of events to g people up and get them excited and let them know that this space was now theirs to contribute to so not only contribute financially by keeping us afloat but also to help inform the events and the programming and you know come and volunteer come and work there i mean you know employing like 20 people in a space going from like just three people kind of working on this project to having all all those members of the team and all the skills that they brought and then all the friends that they've brought as well um and their parents (laughs) you know like for that work and you know, it, there is natural kind of building of family and in, in those spaces because of that. You know, you know, so it's it's an it's an interesting one. But the the community, you know, it's been really well received, and every I think everyone is thankful that that building has been saved. I think there are issues with, you know, certain people in the community feeling that it's not for them yet, you know, or still, and and that's just a communications problem because you know you can't reach everyone and tell everyone that there are things that they could come to where they would be able to enjoy the space as well without Mm -hmm. having to spend you know uh, money that they don't have like to spend on a three pound coffee and and you know there are those things where we've just got like a builder's brew like at reasonable price as well and try to find those price points where people can access it 
we're not going to turn anyone away that doesn't that, that wants to come and sit in a space for a couple of hours either. It's a big enough space to facilitate that. Uh, that was that was the thing. We, we we witnessed that happening a couple of times as well. Like like trying to be welcoming and like turnover of space. <laughs> um, but yeah. I mean, so there are about a million things that I would like to ask. Um, and I think we might have to do this again, probably. Um, but I suppose just before we sign off, uh, you've mentioned that you're involved in other projects. Uh, do you want to kind of expand a little bit on them? Is that something you can expand on within reason or just some teasers for our listeners, maybe? Well, I am a very, I, I'd like to, I'll big myself up a little bit because I'm a hard working creative individual who kind of I'd like to think that I think outside the box and that helps get projects started like an, an instigator if in some cases a bit of a fire starter um yes. you know I really believe in, I really believe in helping people to helping the environment and the, the climate action causes that you know like what can we do as individuals as local authorities, as developers to just get with the programme and, you know, stop the world from burning. Um, and yes, <laughs> it's kind of like, it's hard, it's a hard one. I don't want to sound like I'm, I'm preaching, but there's a lot of work to be done in Greater Manchester. And some of the easiest things to do would be to enable people to walk and enable people to cycle uh, around the places that they live. Um so that's where my focus is now um, working on projects uh, with councils and with you know transport planners um, to to make to make those things happen but I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, I'm working in Manchester at the minute and doing some really nice like community engagement pieces to kind of get get on the ground with people that's where I'm good I'm good at chatting to people and making people believe that ideas are possible and you know and I think that you know I just actually had a meeting yesterday and um, I said to the people that are in charge of the project like are you going to make sure that there's like coffee and biscuits there (laughs) like because you know again I I can't have a conversation with anybody without a brew like and and you know people you know people will be slightly less peeved with your intentions you know hi we want to do all these great things like and they're all dry mouth, you know. We we need them to have a drink in front of them. See, <laughs> yeah, another glorious part of coffee, right? The great smooth over, as well as everything else we've said. <laughs> it totally is amazing. It totally really is, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so yeah, much. So, um, yeah, it's been lovely oh. chatting to you guys. Thank you. Lovely yeah, it's been really, really interesting you. hearing everything. Right. If if people uh, want to find out more about uh, what you're doing or if they want to find out more about Station South, where should they head to? For all things Station South, Station South has a great website. And then I think there's a link to Eventbrite on their website where you have like a big rundown of all the events that are going on in the future. So that's all linked in there. So stationsouth.co.uk. And for me, I am, uh, you'll find me on LinkedIn hustling, uh, mostly under the uh, guise of civic and social. Um, yeah, so just drop me a, drop me a line uh, if you've got any interest in projects or ideas and we can see how we can work together. 
amazing thank you so much we'll put links to both of those things in the show Thanks, notes Hannah. for people and just a reminder cool. to keep listening now for the recording of the talk from last year and also just to note that the recording was uh, made during a very busy event so sometimes the sound quality drops in and out but um it's well worth a listen um it's it's a talk of two halves actually it's well worth listening to the whole thing i think and yes. yeah if you've enjoyed the podcast and want to keep up to date with all of our content be sure to go and follow us over rowing it over on instagram don't forget to like and subscribe and thanks for listening we'll be back soon for another episode of rowing it over Um, and how we came to be interested in the collaboration between all three. Um, so yeah, a little bit about myself. Um, so my name is Pauline Johnston and I'm one of three directors at Station South, which is a community interest company based in a, a beautiful, beautifully restored uh, train station building in Levensham. Um, we've had, we see it there, that's in, it, in its kind of six months ago form when we first opened. Prior to that, it was um, six years of developing the project and getting people behind the project and getting a million pounds gathered up from various funding streams to be able to get get the building up and running. So for the past six months, it's been finding our feet and developing our coffee and tea offer and our food offer. And and also try to get get a sense of what people want in this space. Um, you know, like all the different customers, all the different uh, user groups and visitors coming for different reasons. So you know, we've been identifying that and responding to that as a as a space and in, in a very diverse and kind of culturally edgy and cool neighbourhood. You know, so we like to think we can add to that mix as well. So yeah, um, my background really is working in. Uh, community-based projects it's have a background in the arts so I've brought a little bit of kind of how to get events going and and uh, you know get people interested in different different creative things that you can do in a space that isn't all about cycling also I have a massive massive geeky passion that I didn't realize I had until about four years ago in developing space uh, especially for active travel so that that kind of this project led me on to active travel, which is essentially all about walking, cycling and building infrastructure that supports people who don't normally cycle or walk, really, and get, getting them into that, um, you know, but it's like if you build it, they will come. So I'm very much about trying to help build it and kind of nudging along the conversation with uh, politicians as well. So that's my background. And this is where I'm at currently doing the communications and all the partnership stuff for Station South. Um, so moving on to, um, oh yeah, I should have showed you this. Okay. This was part of our vision that we've actually, we're, we're not far off building this now. So we've got our outside space developing. And it looks exactly like this as well. It looks exactly like this. Shut up. <laughs> Next spring it will. Um, so yeah, on to Nick. Okay, well, this is us. So bespoke, so spokes in a wheel, hubs, community. So that, that's our aims and objectives, sustainability around cycling, et cetera. Community, which is really important to us, which we'll go into a lot more. Cycle communities, et cetera, coffee communities, but just community as a whole. Yes, we're a little bit smaller. <laughs> um, this building just here didn't used to be here, and I used to do bike mechanicing, but then um, I realised I wasn't insured to do so, so that stopped. <laughs> but yeah, this is us. 
my my background is um, I used to be a community worker, worked in mental health, drugs and alcohol, learning difficulties. I've also been a fundraiser and now a business owner of Bespoke. And I've got a tattoo here, which I really regret because this used to be the logo for Bespoke. But when I had it done, I didn't realize. I was just like, oh, just put that there because my friend did it. And then I had to get all the branding changed because I was like, how daft is that getting your brand on you? No, that's, um, that, that's history in the making. But I'm also a musician. And I tell you what, if I had my bass guitar here, I would feel really happy in thousands of people. But here, <laughs> this is terrifying. Um, and this is, um, this is the love of my life, except from my family, Matt and Shan over there. Yeah, I just love, this is me. I, I'm happiest when I'm on my bike. I've got a driver's license, but I hate driving. I just, parking, queues, oh. <laughs> Just, I just want to be on my bike. I drink coffee. So basically, to start us off, really, it's understanding. And this has been as much of a, a journey to understanding the origins of cycling and coffee together. Uh, for myself, it's a chance for me to explore, like, the relationship between coffee and cycling. And it's, uh, you know, there's probably people in stalls over the way, Kickback Coffee, um, the, the service counter, Rafa, people here today that know far greater than us about the origins of cycling and coffee. However, I just wanted to give a nod to Eddie Merckx, who was a Belgian cyclist. It was like top of his game and um, the reason for why a lot of people think there's a real connection uh, between cycling and coffee is, is basically the, um, the, the brand partnership uh, between the cycling team um, and uh, the FEMA brand as well. So that, that kind of started in the 1960s and it, it's kind of synonymous, uh, that that kind of starting point, the relationship between cycling and coffee kind of evolved from there. Um, and it just like kind of spiraled, really. Brands were like, oh, we want a bit of this. Like, you know, we can sponsor jerseys, we can sponsor teams, we can sponsor individual cyclists as well. So you'll see this connection running through elite cycling. And it's just one that's kind of elevated the coffee in this country as well. Um, because obviously European cities, European cyclists, are coming over with their their wonderful espresso and their kind of standards of how to serve coffee and bringing it over to Britain and we're we're getting the benefit of that and all of the artisan coffee shops that you see nowadays as well. So, um, yeah, we've got that. We've got Cafe de Colombia, which was a um, again that 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 brand kind of basically formed a cycling team so i mean that's kind of going the other way they saw an opportunity and they they took it and and the the kind of benefits for them is that now they are synonymous with with cycling and you know year on year you're kind of seeing different jerseys coming out and little espresso cups and you can't have one without the other so um yeah that was kind of 60s that was the 80s and kind of more recently you kind of see the evolution of this uh, in the in the UK we have five rings which are based up in Edinburgh and it's actually um we've got a a, like a a group of elite cyclists that have decided to just you know set up their coffee shop and this is their business now and they have a brand and you you know this coffee is available in other cycle cafes across the country we've got Wilmslow service counter they have that one special as well sometimes as their special i just say I think part of the reason yeah. they set it up because I used to serve them in Coffee Fix and they had such oh, delicious wow. coffee from me they thought they'd set up their own um, coffee is that what but, it was? Yeah. Um, Jermaine Thomas as well he's still going he's you know top of his game 
and he um, had a relationship with Pat Coffee, who do subscriptions across the UK. And that was a really interesting relationship. And that yeah. coffee was a sellout. It was called Grand, was it Grand Forno? Grand... Yeah, some, yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it, the packaging was beautiful as well. You know, the artwork and the creativity that was coming out of it and all very much curated by Durant himself. So, you know, it's it's a really interesting relationship that just is continuing. And I think actually, I've, I forgot to add that there's a, a, a female cyclist that has now moved on um, in Cheshire and she's got a cycle cafe that she's developed as well. Right. So I've forgotten her name, but, you know, if you do your research, you'll find it and you should go and support her as well. One quick, we could go into kind of a cafe, well, coffee and... Um you know, cyclists using it for performance. We've got a bit of information here, which we didn't really want to go into. And I think for us, it's not, I don't cycle to train and all those. I cycle because I just like cycling. But there's, um, there's a paper here from 2019. It's just looking at caffeine as a, a well-established ergogenic aid and how it actually increased the fitness or, you know, speed or whatever for five kilometers uh, time trialing in both men and women. And there's not actually loads of research out there to actually say how caffeine, caffeine actually, it's a, what's the word? It's, it's kind of, um, people use it for kind of those things, but there actually isn't loads of research on it. No, it's, um, obviously. Association. Yeah, Yeah. there's the association. Um, but yeah, the enhancement of your, of the performance, this is a, the science that I do not know, and I'm not going to profess to know at all, but, um, you know, there's loads of studies out there to say that the kind of the short espresso or the, the kind of short wax before a ride enhances the the endurance and your muscles. And, you know, it kind of gives you that perk to keep going. But if you kind of use it day in, day, in, day out as a, as a kind of performance enhancement, you know, again, it has an, it has an effect on the body. Like, you know, it's a long lasting effect as well. Positive long lasting, apparently. And the effects between women and men are very similar as well. So they've been doing studies around this. They've also said that, and I don't know if this is a bit of a stretch, but a flat white or a, a milky coffee after a ride, like a so, in a social sense, it can also help with muscle restoration as well, like the fats in coffee and stuff. So who knows? There you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, moving on about kind of finding your people, um, coffee and people and community spaces i think in the past we've we've seen venues opening up that are quite that are leaders in this front we've got luke mum no hands down in london it's an amazing spot like you've been down there haven't you to luke mum no hands oh yeah it's amazing for us that was one of our inspirations station south um so bike mechanics (coughs) coffee ale fun art um yeah um and I think something we missed as well, so just about the different cultures within cycling, because we'll talk about like almost like punk fixie cyclists, people wearing lycra, people utilitarian kind of cyclists, which yeah. is much more what I associate to the Netherlands and things like that. Yeah. But just a real vibe and also lots and lots of bike porn. Bike porn, there we go. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just kind of following on to so that. So you've got Rafa as well, who... 
you know, they've, they've established a really sophisticated and sexy brand. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, everyone wants a piece of that, but not everyone can fit into those cycling jerseys, you know, and look good. But, um, you know, so you kind of got this like slick brand, slick coffee, you know, slick rides, yoga parties afterwards. You know, it's, it's a whole cultural thing. And it's one that is aspirational. You know, it's like it's an, a, a, you aspire to be like part of that gang if you're into cycling in that way your long rides but I think yeah I think what we were trying to kind of point out here is that there's little communities that have already established and that they're there and they exist and they don't get in anybody's way you know what I mean they're just doing their own thing and they're not getting in anyone's way but maybe there's a little bit there's a little bit of um, a need to explore how to expand you know what a cycle cafe is or, or you know how we can evolve that conversation and get more communities like involved in yeah, that because there's a, there's a big difference as you said around Rafa and say somewhere look well no hands and I I was going to say everything I'm wearing today is cycling clothes but hopefully it looks like I'm in civilian clothes but everything and I guess it's more associated, associated here as you know just a bit more kind of casual or a bit more well yeah I mean yeah. I think what you're saying is is that you you, you seek out clothing brands that are utility cycling brands yeah uh, but and it looks like everybody well yeah and sustain yeah. well and you know there's you, you, there's a vibe um with with your type of cycling which is a little bit if you don't mind me saying it's a little bit like kind of courier uh, yeah, yeah. courier chic <laughs> um you know so it's like you kind of got that but then what what excites me is when i see women on bikes with a little bit of a heel on you know or a little you know and it's like oh that piques my interest. And the more we see that kind of like normalization of like what we wear, like where we go in cafes and how we get support to fix our bikes whilst we're, whilst we're doing things, it's, it's building active travel spaces that so happen to have different um, strands to them. So it's, it's the hub essentially and, and it just coffee elevates all of those conversations. Yeah, that's just more of the kind of what you expect to see, the riders, the cool guys, yeah. you know, what it currently is, I guess. Um, there's the courier. There's this the courier picture's really, This is just, sorry, this is just people getting together, working. It's all in there. Yeah. Hope for the picture to speak for itself because I'm not doing a very good job of it. But, oh, don't yeah. be daft. Um, yeah, so what next for cycling? That's really why we're here. And actually, at this point, it's probably a nice thing to see if anyone's got any thoughts. I can see some nodding heads and, um, you know, some some kind of, um, I bet you're all thinking, oh, what are they on about? What, what you know, what, what's my experience of cycling? And, you know, what do I think about um, the current the current framework that cycling and coffee exists in? And I'd be really interested to hear what people's thoughts are on that. Well, so I might... We- I may open the floor a little yeah. bit and get some thoughts and questions, fire them to me and I'll respond. For well, sure. we had a discussion, didn't we? Because I think we come from completely different, in a yeah. different size spectrum because I found this really hard to just kind of deconstruct and think about the relationship because I don't think about the relationship. Yeah, um, or, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's it. It's intrinsic in your lifestyle. You wake up and you dress and you go and you get on your bike to work. And then you make your coffee and then you chat to other people. Some people are there for your coffee. Some people are there for your, your cycle chat. And then you do rides on the side and you, you know, your, your business is set up because you love cycling. You love coffee, those two things. Whereas 
station south set up because there, you know, there was a need to restore the building. It existed on the Fallfield Loop, which is this eight mile cycleway, greenway. Um, and the high street was in a complete like state, you know, and it's like, well, what can we do to help with regeneration of that? That's going to be wholesome and, and bring lots of different types of people in. So my, my desire didn't come from the fact that I was hot on cycling. It was that I was kind of hot on what that building could do and cycling just happened to be the anchor for it, you know? Um, and, and I don't say, I don't, I mean, I confess I've got a bike that I recently bought, but I don't cycle and I should like, and I don't like to cycle because I feel, I still feel that the infrastructure isn't there. And that's why I'm such an advocate for cycling because I don't cycle <laughs> and I want to, I want to, I literally want Levensham to be like the Netherlands or to be like Copenhagen. You know, I want, I want it to be like a, a European city. I want Manchester to be like that. It should be like that. It's flat for crying out loud. You know, I'm so passionate about it. And, and it's like, you have to build the dream for it to come. So, you know, by doing the soft sell of cycling through Station South, we're bringing in lots of different people. And then those people will also start shouting about the need to build the infrastructure. And if I see Station South replicated in every city and every, you know, that would be the dream really, you know what I mean? So I think that's one of the things that Station South has compared to say, look, no, no, Look, Mom, no hands and Rafa is the community side to it. Um, you have a community worker, don't you? That's going out to different. Well, yeah. Um, so one of the things as a community interest company we'd set up to do was ensure that at the very start, as soon as we, we're a business, you know, we've got to make money. So we still have to charge three pounds for a flat white. But to enable us to do th good things, essentially we you charge those people and then we kind of have someone in post two days a week to do community work grassroots stuff getting people through different communities in to that that space and also offering them a free brew and a free quality brew none of this like you know Nescafe star stuff you know but we have them um, has been as our house brew and we make sure that we've got a lovely filter on for all the people that come and are like new to the space and don't feel necessarily like it's for them we want to be like no it is it's for you and have a quality coffee and a nice cake as well and we get that funded through project funding and and it, then people come back with their families because they feel welcome and they feel like it's a space for them so it's super important coffee is an anchor to you know to, to getting people through the door and then we can like we can get them on site to change the world you know well, and when, uh, one thing we do, and I want to do more of, is I'm a qualified cycling instructor. So I have actually, with some of my customers, actually arranged time to cycle into work with them to support their commuting, look at positioning on the road, making them safe. Um, something I want to do more, and that's obviously encouraging people to get on the bike and go to work um, on the bike instead of a car or public transport. Also, we give 25p off to anybody on a bike which That's a big shout out there. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's a good one. Um, it's one I'm going to maybe try and nick off you and if yeah, I thought sure. of that, it's a good marketing strand, yeah. Um, yeah, so what next and who next? Um, so Station South, they're trying to move this conversation on. Um, we're trying to connect everyday people with everyday cycling and we're doing that through cafe culture. Um, and, you know, whether you've come from like, you know, Pakistan or you've come from, 
uh, you know, Nigeria, which is like Levensham, has like 40 different like languages spoken on its high street. And we, we can't accommodate that. We can't, might know a bit of Spanish or whatever. But, uh, you know, what we can do is translate into quality, quality coffee and tell people, come in for your espresso here, sit. Sit. We serve coffee till 10 o'clock at night as well, you know. So it's like the nighttime economy is super important and riding at night is important as well. Get get over here at seven o'clock, have a coffee, go on a cycle ride and hang out with people that you might not have hung out with. So that's, you know, that's kind of one of the models that we're trying to explore and work on. Um, normalising, like, everyday cycling, becoming a place for the hot topics of the day around the environment, you know, some of the things that we've... This picture here is um, a programme called Women in the Workshop. And uh, we've been... This was like an experiment at the start to six kind of six classes on Eventbrite. Um, and we thought, oh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put it out in any different local communities and see if they'll bite. And like, oh my God, it's been exceptionally popular. And it's run for six months straight now. We've been doing women in workshop in the daytime. We've been doing women in workshop in the evening. And, um, you know, we're, we're kind of opening it up to more people. But then, you know, um, the demands to the the demand is high for it. You know, we're we're kind of shocked by it. So, and then and and some of these women, Samira here, she has now moved on to starting to become like trained to train now, and it's gone from like not knowing riding a bike but not knowing anything about how to fix it to I'm going to train up, and I'm teaching my husband how her husband's bike broke down. And she just fixed it on the roads, like, you know, she was like, you're smug about it as well. <laughs> and then, yeah, it's just stuff like that that just like fills you with joy and makes you know that you're, what you're doing is good. And, and it's the little kind of like have a free coffee, have a brew and some, and a cake that gets people to it as well. It's, sometimes you need an incentive to like as a welcome. Yeah. Let's not forget cake. Cake is so important. It's bloody, uh, really. Um, do we want to open the floor up a bit here or we'll carry on? Yeah. Just... I mean, yeah, we can do. Um, a cycle cafe for everyone. That's the motto, yeah. you know, and I, I guess, yeah, has anyone got any questions about like our approach to that um, as a as a space? How many cyclists are in the crowd? That's a good question. How many coffee drinkers are in the crowd? <laughs> How many tea drinkers? That's it. Yeah, tea, tea is important too. Oh, yeah. that was like a, a firm like, I'm going to tea. Chai? Is anyone into chai? Yeah, chai. There we go. Espresso yeah. and then a chai. Is that a so dirty not a dirty drink? no no espresso, and then a chai. That's what I've, yeah, I know. Yeah. Oh, the but chai it, is the best. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, has anyone else been to a, a cycle cafe before? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like purposely because it was a cycle cafe. No, just happened to come across it. Or what? Right, interesting. And like, is anybody in there? What appealed to go in there? I mean, I went to Toronto in August because my wife was working over there. So me and my son got a freebie. And I just seeked out um, a place called Fixed Coffee Bikes, which was just amazing. I was there all all day, really. Yeah. Started on coffee and then it went to ale. All right. Okay. Yeah. Beer is important as well sometimes. But I think for me, I'm trying to say, like, we branded ourselves as a cycle cafe and then kind of realized that that might have alienated people. 
So we really had to hammer home that we were for everybody. And and by doing a series of uh, continuing a program of events that was so like varied, you know, from DJs on on a Friday night to get like the night crowd in or having yoga in the morning, like with like with like kids with baby, bouncy, stretchy babies. Like, you know, it's it's been really fun, like to kind of see our space getting used in a and a series of wholesome and slightly less wholesome ways as well. Can you, can um, you say a bit more about this? What's that? that? Well, that well, that well, that was the opening event, and um, we've got like so. Um, Shake Nuralum <laughs> is uh, he's based in Burnage, and he's set up a just on the uh, during COVID. Him and his mates were bored, and they just set up a, a like a night riding. <laughs> A cycling club for like the Muslim the Muslim crew in Levy, and uh, yeah, they've just been going and taking videos, and you can watch them on YouTube, and they're really fun. Like they just go around cycling at night. It's like they're like the Batman of like Levy <laughs> on bikes, um, and they take videos of everything they do and what how, what was challenging, what was fun, and then they go for coffees afterwards. So yeah, they'll hopefully be doing some stuff with us in the future as well. Um, yeah, just to get more, you know, our focus is women at the moment and kind of LGBT crowd as well and young people. But I actually think there's a big gap for um, men and, you know, kind of men's mental health and stuff like that of all different, you know, so we're, you know, trying to think about how we can get more men in, just chilling it and having conversations with each other. And we're finding like this Thursday night gravel rides um, that people are going on that we've, we've started up a cycling club, basically. Um, yeah. So this is all the kind. This is a wheel that I kind of used as a as a means to think about all the things that people care about in our community that isn't necessarily cycling or coffee. It's it's everything. So when we're thinking about the events we put on, we think about networking events for enterprise, gardening, heritage, uh, foodie events. You know, kind of going for supper clubs and stuff. But you know, it always comes back to getting people in the building. Uh, and getting them to cycle um so you know this is the kind of um the wheel of opportunity um and these are some of the events that we've put on as well yeah but up here you'll see the different levels that we're starting to develop for our cycling club so kind of not like rafa but the pink club is for race pace and distance uh, the blue one is for kind of social rides that can involve doing things like little tours of Manchester. And then the yellow is for like kids, families, people who have never cycled before. And it's also like one cycle club, but with an elite kind of mid and then like a really startup thing. And they all can help each other. So we're still trying to develop how that works and then how we develop the brand for it as well. But like we've got a lot of different people that are kind of in those yellow groups at the minute like the, the women in the workshop women are there or they're kind of stepping into the blue and then you've got the kind of people that are taking the lead on this development that are just hobby cyclists and they are forming the club essentially we're just helping them to design it and using our branding hopefully next year we'll have our own kit we'll be like hi rafa hi everyone and you know doing our own things so that'll be nice and you know that'll be an inclusive kit as well we have modest clothing uh, in the mix and I don't think anyone's really done that in the UK before but we'll be building that into a cycling kit to make sure that it's a group a cycle club for everyone just talking about so I go on the rides and yeah, um, there's a real you know shared interest 
which could be around coffee, cycling or not. But then people do share that interest through discussion where you you find things that you have mutual things. And then you there's a crossover. There's um what's the word I'm looking for? Not um, a crossover. Cross-pollination? Yes, uh, cross-pollination. But mental health, my God, that is just, that's such an important aspect to this as well. Men's mental health, because men don't talk about mental health. Um, although we do talk a lot about mental health when we're on the rides. Um, and then when we get to the thing, we're talking about all oh, men. When we get to Station South after the ride, we're just talking about this, that, and the other. And it's, yeah. That's cathartic in itself, yeah. isn't it? And, you know, I think, obviously, coffee, coffee shops in the, in the era of prohibition, you know, it's, it's a space to be creative and, and you know, talk about it, all topics of the day. And that's not changed 100 years later. You know, we're talking about topics of the day um, through coffee and we're and cycling has to be one of those topics now. So it has to we have to get out of cars. We have to think about how we do sustainable transport, how we, you know, improve our children's prospects in the future and how we stop going to war with each other, <laughs> you know, as well. So all of these things, you know, there's nothing that a good brew can't solve. And that's kind of the ethos at Station South. And we want to develop that with people so like you know when when you come to levy and have a brew and have a chat you might just be helping a small business to keep going but ho- hopefully you're helping conversations to keep going and strategic level stuff as well because we're trying we're trying to poke at the top as well as the grassroots and i think that's the power of a cycle cafe is having that strategic place now to say we're more than just a cafe we're we're a space for like for for change you know, and that's kind of, and also yeah. to get to give Nick and his tiny little cafe yeah. some some credit there. What you do is super important because he's going out into the community. He's going, he's he's developed a project recently that's um, called a brew and a brew, brews and pews, brews and pews. So he's going out into churches, um, and I'm sure you'll expand upon that. And Heaton Moor, there's a lot of churches and a lot of kind of older people yeah. and stuff. So you're trying to open up that conversation with people. And also offer them a really nice quality brew as well whilst doing exactly. it. You know, and 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 you're you're cycling it, and then people are joining your cycle club, and you know, so it's like this interlink between communities as well that's so important. It, it, and that's the joy of cycling, isn't it? Being able to go from to get around and to connect the dots. This this might sound a little bit something, but I mean, at bespoke, it's with everything. It's just going off in the world. It's kind of like people just come here, just come to Bespoke. We have a banter, we have a laugh, and we just, for 10 minutes, five minutes, if people are getting a brew before catching the train, I mean, it just, it just people come in and I honestly, people people say, oh, I had a smile on my face after I, I had a coffee yesterday and I was able to get myself ready for work and stuff like that. That's, that's it. I mean, you know, that's essentially it. You know, without hubs and all of the communities and without a hot drink to comfort people, you know, where do you get your daily connections? Where do you get to say hello to your barista? And I'm just going to give a shout out here to Steve, who's standing there looming, should I say. Um, He's our head barista at Station South and he's brought with him a lot of the culture and um, quality coffee making that's enabled us to do good things with it. So without, without people that know their coffee... Because I just know what I like, you know, I know I know how to drink it and I've tried to make it a few times and I'm like, 
Yeah, no chance. My, uh, I hate hot, really hot milk. You know, I'm proper coffee snob. But when I'm doing it myself, I always just make it too hot. And I'm like, I can't drink my own coffee. Someone make me a coffee. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's bringing, he's kind of bringing that elevated level. And and that just brings lots of different types of people to come and enjoy it. So that's yeah. Shout out to Steve. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, has anyone got any questions or anything like that? Like, you know, oh yeah, there's one. Oh, you got a microphone and everything. <laughs> Do any of you offer like a, a cycle to work scheme? You know, like the NHS, for example, or is there, would there be any scope? for you to do that just yes, to promote we've got, cycling we've got that um within so all, all of our employees are entitled to purchase a bike and pay that off like you know we, we pay up front they pay it off monthly yeah it's like it's part of our perks and incentives is working at station south it, it, when we first started we'd kind of costed in that we'd have 14 members of staff we've got 27 members of staff within six months it's insane and yeah i, I think I think two, one, one or two people have taken up the cycle work um, scheme. One of them because they got knocked off their bike and they all got trashed, which was sucky. But we yeah, only so... have three. Huh? We only have three members of staff and kid, <laughs> and they've already got bikes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, people are. Some people want a second bike, and they're looking yeah. into it as well. So this is the thing: a second or a third or a fourth bike. You know, it's like, oh, I'll use the cycle work scheme. I'm like, no, we're a small business. <laughs> But it's all good. And, um, you know, all of our team get, um, like, I think it's like 30% off of all parts and accessories and uh, servicing as well. So, you know, you get those, like, extra little incentives for working there. What did, what did the cycle club get? Well, this is something that I'm just trying to work out now, with a membership. So, if you know, if you, like, I know, like, Rafa, like, you charge, like, 100-odd quid a year to be a member. But that feels a bit stingy for us if we're trying to get different levels. So if we can cover people's cycle insurance and cover the cost of a kit, maybe we can subsidise others that can't afford it, but I haven't worked that through yet. So the people that can afford it should pay or can pay. And the people that can, it's almost like money in the pot. And that's something else that we're working on is a like a kind of pay it forward model for bike repair. Because we've got a bike workshop um, with two members of staff full time, you know, it's you know like like all of this for us it's quite a new thing to like try and run a business so what works what doesn't but you know trying to kind of get people to do their service services and saying do you want to put a couple of quids on top for essentially there's massive gaps in manchester for people like in, in the gig economy that are like couriers that are riding they, they they drop they see that we're doing bike repairs they drop in and they're like how cheap can you do my bike for me? And their bikes are falling apart. You know what I mean? And it's dangerous. And one of my things is like, I need to phone Uber direct. I need to phone Deliveroo direct. And they need to talk to them about how to support these guys. Because, you know, they're, they're riding on machines that shouldn't be ridden on. And they're coming into us and going, can you fix our bike for 20 quids? And it's like a £200 fix that need, that's needed. But we can all, we were saying like, the people that can't afford can maybe put two pounds in a pot and that would help for like little stuff. Like eventually if we build that up, but it's not going to fix As you grow though, you'll be able to have those structures in place to do more of that. Yeah, so, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I was thinking more of the, um, the cycling club Thursday night and what we get. Oh, you get 10% yeah. off your beers and brews. That's, yeah. that's it. That's good. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's standard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't that's think good. there's much more to no. do. Oh, yeah. oh, this is... <laughs> so that, again, this is our aims and objectives, um, and art in here as well. And I think 
it's great just to do it as a pictorial form rather than words. Um, and I think it, yeah, I think it just says everything. Yes. Um, also, I just want to, there's um, a thing on Netflix called Coffee for All, which I hate documentaries. I really do. Um, I just can't sit through them. But this one was just, I couldn't stop watching it. And it's just about how coffee um, just brings everybody together. One thing we do is suspended coffees. So um, somebody can spend two pound on a on a, on a suspended coffee, and then we can um, give them out to people either in financial or emotional need. So that could be somebody that's homeless um, who needs a hot drink, or it could be um, a paramedic. It's just have to shift from help and just you know, as I say, just try and cheer them up, put something hot in them, give them a bit more energy. Coffee. coffee coffee as a tool for good yeah. there we go right well if, if anyone's got any more questions like we're happy to take them otherwise we'll wrap things up and let you go and get a brew <laughs> cool yeah thank you very much everyone cheers cheers